I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together we are two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed LMHC therapist and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and helps spread the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. Okay, Tay, I love that today, as we just say, a new mommy, like you're literally, I'm watching you on the camera and you're balancing your <laughs> bottle for banks, feeding, like you have it with your chin. <laughs> new mommy. Yeah, we're just doing this motherhood thing real. I love it. If you hear some cute sounds, that's my cute baby nephew. He's really cute. He just really needed his food because he was throwing a major tantrum, which shout out to all the parents. We know how it goes. Okay. Oh, yeah. We know how it goes. Balancing things. So we were set to record and Banks just couldn't take it anymore. So no, he was done. <laughs> but it was super cute. So yeah. hopefully yeah. you hear a shout out from Banks. Um, he's adorable. He's very cute. Today we're going to talk about some mood disorders and how they associate with depression. So, okay, let's dive into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a mood disorder, definition of a mood disorder is anything that changes your overall mood. So if you don't know what a mood is, it's like your vibe that day. It's how you're feeling. Another term we use is affect. That's just how you present um, emotionally, like kind of like you... How do I explain this broken down? So it's like, you know, when you look at a person that you know really well, husband, friend, kid, dog, and sister, and you're like, okay, I totally know their mood right now. I totally know what they're feeling. I totally know their emotion that they're experiencing. That's what Mm -hmm. we're talking about is like, there are some disorders that affect your overall vibe all the time. So they're usually based off like there's... um. Bipolar is one. It's cyclothymia is another one. Cyclothymia is an interesting one. So bipolar has several diagnoses of um, mood swings. You have to be consistent. So it has to be like through chunks of time, depressed or manic, where you have upper levels of like hyperactivity um, and then lower where you're depressed. People think they're bipolar. Bipolar is a deeper mood disorder. It's a heavy one, right? It's a neurological heavy one that we don't diagnose as much as people think you do. I mean, it's common, but it's not like extremely yeah. common. So all my clients are like, I think I have bipolar. Honestly, baby, no, you don't. Because you, one day you're fine. The next day you're not fine. That's more like a depression kind of vibe, right? Um, cyclothymia. You don't have control over things. Like it's yeah. just, uh, yeah. And the manic, like the episodes of mania are intense and it's for a stretch. It's like for a week or for a while, right? And that's yeah. what we're looking for is time and how long does it take to switch between these emotions or these moods. Um, cyclothymia is a quicker, more rapid change. So it's more about changing from like in a day or in a couple hours or in a week, you can change your moods very quickly. That one's a swing almost. Again, people like teenagers look like they're cyclothymic. I was like, just say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why we actually are like, it's requested for us to not diagnose 
these significant mood disorders until they're over 18 because of puberty and hormones and things need to level out. We won't usually, it's very rare to get a diagnosis earlier than that um, because of those things. So we're talking about those. I've known have been like at least 20, I feel like. Yeah, it's usually, we're looking for stability. Like this has been consistent. This is a big pattern. We're looking for huge patterns to be very concrete patterns over a period of time. And that's where- I think people get it confused a bit. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. And I mean, I've just known a couple of people that have had it that were close to our family and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So then it's just interesting to see when they're diagnosed and you can definitely tell that it's sticking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a mood disorder is when it affects your overall vibe, your overall feeling of the day or the week. Um, the hypomania is another one. Hypomania is where, you know, I'm not super familiar with this diagnosis. If I diagnose somebody, I'd have to really like, research that one i think because hypo means a lot right yeah so i think it's extreme mania again i'm not familiar with that diagnosis i'd have to relook that one up i did look it up when i did the research for this episode but mommy brain i don't remember right now so but there are like a section like yeah you don't specialize in mood disorders no i i specialize in a part of mood disorders i specialize in anxiety and depression those technically qualify as mood disorders but those are like bread and butter to me. Those are, you know, like lower level. I don't specialize in bipolar. I don't specialize in cyclothymia. Um, to do those, you need to know some other things that I just don't know as well. Yeah. And that's where if you're seeing symptoms of these things, if you were over 18, if this is becoming a consistent problem for you, go find help. Talk about it. Yeah. Start like, monitoring, have your loved ones, your ones who are close to you, start monitoring your behavior. I know that people, you know, like parents, siblings, like they're usually good at helping you recognize those things. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if you have a significant other at that age, that would be a good one too. They can help you. The patterns that I've noticed, I have worked with some people with the bipolar diagnosis, but that's because they're diagnosed with it. And then it's usually the trauma side that I'm working with. Yeah. So they had somebody work on their bipolar with them. And I just know how to deal with the like, depression symptoms of bipolar, the mood disorder parts of the, you know, like I know how to deal with their symptoms, but I don't know like bipolar itself. I usually get them for trauma. Um, But usually they don't go in until they are manic or until somebody forces them to, because it is such a hard diagnosis to get. So if you notice a loved one is having certain things, then yeah, try and get them assessed. But again, like teenagers are going to look bipolar. That's just yeah. <laughs> hormones. Hormones are That's why we're not allowed to diagnose them, you know? Like, th- so I wouldn't say like, don't immediately jump to, oh my goodness, this person has bipolar. The odds of that are smaller. Yeah. I was reading a book recently. Um, It was Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mother Died. And I don't even think I've told you about this one yet, Tay. But in the book, she struggled with an eating disorder, but then she was with her boyfriend who got like, all of a sudden he came in and he goes, I have something to tell you. And she's like, what do you have to tell me? And this is a long time boyfriend. And he's like, I think I'm Jesus. And so in that moment they were like, she's like, this is not right. So like, this is, there's something wrong. And so she was able to help get him help with his parents. Um, and he was diagnosed with bipolar, but I think that it's, you'll usually notice that it would probably be something a little more manic um, a little more extreme just from grandiose things. ideas are usually what we're looking for. And when you start to notice it, so like the grandiose idea, which is such a fun word to say, I don't get to say that very often. I, love that. Uh, I know. Um, is this idea of, I think I'm Jesus. Is, yes. That's a grandiose yeah. idea. Like and he was and dead serious in the book. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, 
that that would be a, a large idea that really has no standing and you you notice a major shift in the core of them. That's why mood disorders are almost like it, it's like a big part of their identity almost. Like does that make sense? Like yeah. Joking yeah. like sometimes I'll call you Tay and I'm like, oh I feel like I'm so bipolar today. Yeah. And that's not a thing like Okay, Brittany, just because you were happy this morning and then you're tired this afternoon and you're like, you're not bipolar. You're You're a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's like such a part of our English vernacular that it's like, you know what? Like they're so bipolar because one minute they like me and the next minute they don't. And like, it's so inaccurate. I should say cyclotimic, but but I do that with the weather too. And I've like had to stop myself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's bipolar. And I'm like, that is so not probably okay to say, but you know, it, it is part of our vernacular and the application of understanding it. I think people get hung up on. Yeah. Let's dive into a mood disorder though, that actually does relate to a lot of people, especially yeah. because we, for those of you who don't know, we live in the Seattle area. Yeah. Shout out. Pretty much born and raised in the Seattle area. We are yeah. diehards guys. Yeah. I was born downtown. Um, My husband though is like, yeah, we'll talk about it in a bit, but he yeah. definitely is like, why? <laughs> yeah, why are we here? Seattleites are different. and we'll It's a different in. breed. It's a different breed. Yeah. But we're going to talk about a mood disorder that some people, especially if you've lived up here in Seattle, Pacific Northwest, it's called SAD. So Taylor, tell us about SAD. This is a very... I love its acronym. <laughs> yeah, so SAD has the, the best acronym because it, it totally is like, yeah, it's seasonal affect disorder. Affect, again, is looking at how you present with your mood, what's your vibe kind of thing. So how we feel in our mood disorder when I look at somebody I can see they were supposed to assess their affect so when like Brittany this morning we looked at each other we both have a good affect we both look like we're happy and we're like pulled together today right yeah. versus other days we'll come in and we're doing good yeah <laughs> but like overall our affect our like emotion is fine like I can tell yeah. we're tired but no nothing else yeah. versus other days that is still like you can yeah. still like at you know Taylor versus last the- time we filmed it was burned out yeah, I was like, oh we were burned out. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> but that's, see, that was a difference in your affect. So we're looking for like, what's your vibe that day? And like, what overall thing? So seasonal affect disorder is brought on usually by weather. It's usually like seasonal, where the time of season triggers somebody to go more into a depressive or down state, more anxious state sometimes, but usually it's like sad. That's why the acronym is so perfect is, yeah, it's the feeling of like, I'm down or I'm like, yeah. So being in an area where it it gets dark here in the middle of winter, winter solstice, 4 p.m., 3.30, it's dark because it's dark. we live north, yeah. right? So Alaska, it's dark all day. But um, the more north you live, the darker it is, right? So we have that for us. We also have the struggle of like, yes, it rains up here more, but Actually, I'm not going to put that on the internet. I don't want people to know that it's actually really nice here. But <laughs> don't tell them it doesn't rain all the time. It does rain. Like there was one year. Remember that? Like it was when my husband first moved here, yeah, and it's never it? gotten out of his head. Days, ninety days straight of rain. It yeah, was so- it was record breaking. And this poor guy, guys, he grew up in Virginia. It, it, like well, he lived in Utah for ten years. Yeah. yeah, and I get it. Like when you don't. Again, we are a special breed, me and my sister, because we were raised here. We know it. A lot of Seattleites will be. Then some won't be. It's fine. It's just a personality thing. But we're used to the rain. So we're used to doing things in the rain, in the weather. Adeline literally cried when her, like her birthday's coming up this week. And and she literally cried, remember, when she saw that it was going to rain. 
on, or no, be sunny. That yeah. it was going to be sunny on her birthday. Well, my, like, my birthday's in October. I want rain and I want to put on a fireplace. <laughs> my favorite line was that she told our mom, she told her, her grandma, she was like, if it is like hot on my birthday again, I'm going to throw a tantrum. <laughs> like, <laughs> gonna lose it <laughs> it's like you're like 12 girlfriend and i was like i am too i get it um we have no control over the weather but we do have control over our response to the weather so that's exactly what sad is all about so um yeah the weather is really hard it can affect our mood and that's what it is but the more that you fixate on it this is a cbt approach the more that you focus on a problem the more it becomes a problem right remind people who don't know what cbt taylor cognitive behavior therapy so it's working on how we intake information it's a computer intake kind of approach right so what you put in the computer is going to be what you spit out if i type into the internet like find me pink elephants it's going to give me back pink elephants it's the same with our brain if i put in rain stinks it's going to stink versus if i put in it's not bad i can still do things then it's not bad. You can still do things. And that's the whole approach. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been reading this book. I think I had texted you about it the other day and it was the coddling of the American mind, but it's been really interesting diving into that. CBT is very interesting. No, it's a good, I mean, that is a really good book to have as a resource for people. So we should post it. But so sad is all about, um, just this, the effects of your mood on weather and positive psychology is one of the number one approaches to how to help it, which positive psychology is again, like the ever lasting optimist, like what everything is a double-edged sword. <laughs> oh yeah. And we're optimistic people, but yeah. I was and my husband, well, I was like, my husband is actually super optimistic, which oh, is he's awesome. Funny. Yeah. But it, it does get him. And that's because he hasn't trained his brain to approach the weather like we naturally did after growing up in it for our lives. Um, so I get it. So the, there's like not necessarily a clear biological like cause from John Hopkins. It said um, it's more like there may be a chemical link. They don't really know the melatonin may also link more like sadness to it. So it's, it could be like a couple different things, right? Like our behavior changes when the weather changes, we get more like lethargic because it is winter. We're almost like the bears hibernating. Um, yeah. You, you, there, and there's a lot going on seasonal things of like, think about school starting life gets kind of boring and routine again. Then the holidays come and we get burned out. And then in January, it gets really hard in January for everybody. That's like a dip month. And then, um, you know, the, we take our cues off of light that causes yep. us to have a bunch of different things trigger in our body. Like, um, looking at sleep training for babies, you want to make sure that they, when they wake up in the morning, they get a hit of the light. So they get vitamin D, but also that they know we are now awake. This is no longer nighttime napping. This is like, cause Banks sleeps what? 18 hours a day, like 20 hours a day. Um. <laughs> he has major epic naps, but I make sure like when he wakes up at seven in the morning, he knows it's day. And that's where if it's different lighting than summer, which it is, your brain and your body are going to have different chemical responses. Yeah. And something you just said too, a lot of people who are up in the areas where like the weather, you know, Pacific Northwest, like where the weather's mostly like rainy, gloomy, whatever, we have a higher increase in vitamin D deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And I am, I can attest to this because I mm-hmm. have had this for years. But so get that checked. If you start feeling like this is something that you're feeling a little bit off, ask your general care practitioner. Um, 
or a naturopath if you can get tested for vitamin D deficiency. Um, and that can make a change. Yeah. Uh, sunlights are suggested too. I've seen that one, which sunlights do help. Um, you have to use them though. Yeah, this is one, and then I found it in a like a bucket because his office for years when he was working from home was in the garage with no windows. Yeah, so his mom was like, "Oh, here's a sunlight," and then he would come and complain about it, but he didn't use the sunlight. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing because it's so true. We all have to use the tools we have. Yes. So this is another one of those. If you choose not to be proactive on it, our favorite word: be intentional. intentional okay we should count every episode if we do it (laughs) it's another time where you have to be intentional if you want to fix sad in yourself then there's certain things you can do you can use the sunlight your mom gave you you can go take your vitamin d supplements you can try to make sure you're on a sleep schedule like yep there's yeah i try and tell my clients too like because a lot of us lose our hobbies when the the weather changes, right? Like automatically. No. Yeah. I was like, I don't go paddleboarding in the middle of winter. That's freezing. I'm not going to go paddleboarding. I'm not going to go hiking. Like actually I would go hiking. My husband won't go with me though. So I have nobody to hike with me. Um, (laughs) I hike with you, but now you have a baby. In the rain. Well, we can strap him to us. Anyways, um, (laughs) let's go hiking. But that's where like, yeah, your, your hobbies do change. So make sure you have seasonal hobbies that do fit into what you're capable of. Like some people switch over to skiing when it gets like cold. Great. That's like, if that's your hobby. And then like, like I have a nephew that loves to water ski and then he goes skiing in the the winter. Yeah. So like, great. You have seasonal things that totally work and fit. And that's where, um, be smart about how you're setting up your interests and things that can tie you throughout the year. Like I can still play piano, all year long. I can still crochet all year long. I can still play games all year long. I can still, you know, that's where um, you got to pre-think some of the things that you have as a core. Yeah. And like, for me, I know that I'll shift from like outside activities in the summer to I will be more creative in the fall and the winter. Like that's my time where I'll try to do more art projects. And <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, you do. The <laughs> plethora, like, I mean, currently on my counter in the house, I think I have stuff for like Wind chimes, sun catchers, crocheted pumpkins, uh, oh. soapy clay. We like, need to make Banks a sun catcher. I, know, I just thought of that. Perfect. I just thought of that. Sorry. Okay. Continue. But like, so my mind shifts to like, oh, now it's craft time. Like time to plot all the art projects for all the, you know, like I'll start doing more of like the lithograph prints. I'll start doing whatever. And my kids know this too. It's like a mindset change. Like, oh, now it's art season. And I think that <laughs> so we just... True. It's so true. My kids have been making, Adeline yesterday made a whole bag of like Sculpey Clay candy corn. And yep. she's so proud because we're cutting sugar and food dye for Anson's ADHD. We've talked about this. So there's mm-hmm. no candy corn in the house. Mm-hmm. So Adeline decided to make herself a bag of candy corn. Cute. And she's carrying around this adorable bag of clay candy corn. Cute. Uh, but for her, like she's finding things to pivot, right? Like yep. she's not letting the weather shift get there as much because she's finding other interests, other things to keep her going. The more that you fixate on what's not available instead of fixating on what is available and what is new and you can change and, and honor that change. And I think that's where you can help prevent some of these things is don't look at what you've lost. Look at what you've gained. And yes, we lose things in every season. Summer. I hate the clothes in summer. I love winter clothes. I love fall clothes, but if I think they don't 
Exactly. But I was like, but I love summer. I like, it's yeah. so much fun. So if I fixated on that, then yeah, summer could really suck. And I hate the heat. And, you know, like, I'm not like super good at being super hot all the time and things like that. But I love summer because I focus on all the things I gain. So look at what you've gained and not what you've lost. Um, another, yeah, in all of them, right? Like every season brings on something great. And the more and that you can... Forward. Like, I think you and I, too, have done a good job of this, like, of looking forward to, like you said, what she's season, like, we get excited to decorate for the holidays, or yeah. we get excited for all of the family time we're going to spend together, or another thing that I have given advice to friends, too, over years, because, like, how do you deal with this, is put a trip on your calendar yep. for March or December, or whenever yeah. you're going to have a burnout, go somewhere warm for a second. Wherever that may be, or even just get out. Like if it's not somewhere warm, go skiing in Leavenworth or go, you like find somewhere to go that's outside of your norm to break it up. And it gives you something to look forward to, which I think helps that mindset be more positive instead of dwelling on the negative of the season. It's a, how awesome now I get to go do all these, I get to go skiing. Like you said, your nephew does, or I get to, you know, I get to go to Arizona in March or whatever it may be. I've always put... January and February are my crap months, which I got married in January purposely. Like I wanted January to be a highlight month. So me and my husband now like go on trips. We and like, you know, I've, I've been really conscious of, we will always do a quarter trip in January, February, somewhere warm, tropical, somewhere like that. Cause we know it's just going to be like a burnout time. So we always, but having like our anniversary to look forward to in January and then knowing that we're going to take a a trip in those two months, always like, that helps a ton. And then um, I've started doing like holiday, like we love decorating for holidays. I've started embracing even the dumb ones like Valentine's Day, like, <laughs> because I want things to be happy and sparkly. And I feel like, you know, you lose all these decorations. And if I can have another one, then great, it'll be hearts, I guess. But that's where it is. Look, look forward to things that's going to lead us so into like environment, right? We talked about yeah. decorating environment is huge for what you surround yourself with, especially when, when it indoors more, like when you have the weather change, you are indoors more and that's going to create a shift in your environment. So if your environment is not something you vibe with, you need to change that ASAP. Absolutely. Like make sure I'm always like, I'm always adamant that the feng shui of a room is right. So like, make sure that the furniture is aligned, right? Make sure that it feels good to you. Make sure that your body is like, you know, connecting with the space. It's and it's just a fun. What's word feng shui, to Brit? To explain it. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. It's like more of a feeling. Like for me, it's always just more of. I don't know the actual definition. One hundred percent. It's a Japanese um, concept of building a room based around like a holistic approach. Yeah. I don't remember all the requirements. There are like quite a few different things, but it's on like your bed can't face a certain way. I remember guys, I just got guidelines and stuff, but yeah, Yeah, I watched uh, the the attraction show on Disney plus and they were talking about building the Tokyo um, theme park for Disneyland. And they talked about how they wanted to do the park feng shui and how they couldn't put the entry facing a certain direction and stuff. So a lot of it is about like, having good energy in the room, making sure that things are put in a spot that will invite the energy and create. And there are, I don't remember all the requirements. It's really cool. So look it up. But even then like decorating your rooms purposely, um, like doing things that just make you feel happy or making sure that your space is bright and, and happy and not dark and dirty and gross are big. Yeah. 
It is big. Like the other day, or it was a couple weeks ago, I think I got a new rug, right, Taylor? So I had this beautiful jute rug. I was super excited about this jute rug, but it does not vibe well with kids and dogs. So it ended up with holes in it. It ended up with like collecting dust. It was really hard to keep clean because it was a massive like 12 by 15 like jute rug. So I changed out the rug and I put a blue one in there. And in the process, my kids were like, let's rearrange the family room. And so we did. And when we did it, rather than just leaving it, you know, that first day, we're like, okay, we're going to leave it here. And we're going to see how it feels. Like, how does it vibe with us? How do we feel in the space? How do we like, what's the feng shui of this space? Do we like the way it sits? Do we like the way that it makes us feel like what feelings does it invoke? And it was really cool, like having to be a part of that because, you know, there were certain things like, okay, this feels good, but this was a little off or this feels like, you know, this feels really nice for us. And it's totally changed our family environment. Like Taylor, you and your husband came over and Matson was like, did you get a new couch? Like this feels so much better in here. Like we can, t- and I didn't even buy anything new outside of a new rug. But in that moment, like it's wow. a perfect manifestation of you can create a good energy in your space just by rearranging things. If you're feeling stagnant, especially yep. in winter, rearrange some things. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I remember growing up in the middle of winter, always in the middle of winter, and you were the biggest culprit. And mom would get so annoyed. You would drag our room around 50 times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, I rearranged yeah. the room. I would ruin, I feel so sorry, mom, but I ruined the carpet because I Did wasn't to move dressers and. So I would just drag it and we had all these carpet ripples, but it was important to me. And that has been a part of my life forever to like create a new energy in a space by rearranging it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I just would go along with it because I was five years younger. I'm five years younger than her. And I would oh, be like, was like, okay. I would what? We had a grunt laborer. Taylor, go clean out that bed. I'm going to move it. Every time. And I'd be like, Okay. <laughs> But it was always the dead of winter. Always. Always. And we probably did it like twice in the winter because I just needed to mix it up. Yeah. And then we would go back to like a summer arrangement, which was closer to the window. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) I forgot about all that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So go ahead. Oh, I was going to bring up Puga as our next thing. (laughs) Yes. Talk about this. I don't even know how to say this, but it's an awesome word. Okay, so huga for those of you, it's very trendy right now. You've probably seen it on social media and stuff. But huga is like the Danish art of having a higher quality of living and essentially coziness and being intentional. So, I mean, our favorite word again. Sing it, Taylor. Uh, be intentional. She be, be intentional. Um, I had to eat. I haven't eaten yet. My baby was taking up my time. You fed your baby, which was so good. So Huga is basically just like taking time to intentionally live life, to reconnect with like life's quieter pleasures. So the, the word Huga actually dates back to around 1800. And so it actually comes from a word from the Middle Ages that means protected from the outside world, which I think is super cool. So in order to do like a Huga lifestyle, you have to be very intentional about this. And it's... You have to take time to reconnect with either yourself or your family and your close friends. And everything is just very intimate and cozy. So a lot of the things that you have probably seen online where you've seen this hygge lifestyle is 
warm soups, a hot cup of coffee, sitting by the fire, big chunky knit rug or not rugs, big chunky knit blankets and like oversized comfortable sweaters. Like these are all very intentional because in a world that was so cold and so dark up in Denmark, they had to be intentional about this and like reconnect themselves and find that warmth inside that they were craving. This is where I always think of um those countries that are like Nordic, like Norway and yeah, and all those ones that are very far. Yeah, Scandinavia. Thank you. I was like trying to remember the right word. Um, but if you look at their cultures, if you notice you're having a really hard time, especially based off where you live, Maine is another one that's really high up. Canada has a lot of places high up, right? Mm-hmm. So look at like traditions from countries that have had this for thousands of years and take some stuff from them. Like they probably oh. have some pretty good tips. Yeah, color. But like incorporating color. Yeah, they're but look at their color. Look at their like prints and everything. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And so in some of the Scandinavian countries, like you would see photos of like window boxes, right? That had these big, beautiful, bright flowers outside in the dead of winter. But they would plant these out there or they would be dead flowers or not dead. Sorry. <laughs> they would be dead in the cold. They'd be fake flowers that would be intentionally put out there to bring color and life to such a bleak landscape Mm -hmm. and so that brings us to another thought about color color is so important taylor knows this i am raising my children if you ask my kids pretty much on any given day what their favorite color is they'll most likely tell you i love them all i like the rainbow (laughs) and it's not but each color has a spot each color has a purpose yeah and It's because they all bring out different feelings in your body. And there's a time and a place for every color. And even as Anson has realized, even poop brown. He loves to point that out. That sometimes there's even a place for poop brown. Really? (laughs) I think it's funny that he points that out. (laughs) Oh, he always does. No, I think it's funny that he points that out. He was making little Sculpey clay things the other day, right? And he had asked for... He needed brown. He needed brown eyes because it matched better than the black. And it was really cute that he realized that. So color creates different neurotransmitters in your brain. So it will elicit different responses in your brain. So if you have like a bright color, it will elicit a different response than let's say like a pale blue, right? Like if you can picture these colors right now in your mind, you let's say that you're picturing like hot pink. Okay. Hot pink. Barbie right now. Shout out to Barbie. But Ken. hot pink. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> Are you Kenuff? Hot Mike Anson wants me to make sweatshirts for him and Ada for her birthday gift. Um that so sidetrack. one. I'll, <laughs> I'll help. Yeah. Okay, well, or we need to order them today. Um We're Kenuff. Talk about it afterwards. The boys are Kenuff. <laughs> So if you think of a hot pink and all of the things, like let's picture Barbie hot pink, it will bring out emotions that make you happy. It might make you feel bold. It might make you feel powerful. It might make you feel strong, excited. Um, I feel like a have beach. a good time. Right? Like, like a Miami. beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like tropical. Yeah. Like, let's go. Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. Bendinitas on Miami. Hot pink elicits, he's excited, happy, I got this, right? Like, and part of that is because of Barbie right now, but Barbie tapped into what our brain automatically feels from those colors. Those neurotransmitters are saying, yeah, hot pink, I got this. Like Adeline's last dance recital for Material Girl, Taylor, do you remember? They wore hot pink suits for their dance. And those girls felt it in those hot pink suits. 
Like they just were like, yeah, Madonna, right? It was really no. They went hard. They went hard, but when they wore that color, they felt good. So then, if we take it to the flip side, I want you to picture like a really pale blue. Like picture like a pastel blue. Taylor, what do you feel when you picture pastel calm blue? Baby. I guess I gave a word. But what? At babies. <laughs> I think of like nurseries <laughs> and Easter with pastels. Okay. Nurseries, Easter. Um, we have a good friend of ours that loves to decorate in, in light blues, right? Mm-hmm. And her house is beautiful, but has a lot of light blues. So you mm-hmm. go in there and it's very calming it's very like it's not necessarily like as creative and exciting as like barbie pink right like if you're gonna do Mm -hmm. the colors like it elicits different feelings it's more like just like you want to take a breath and you want to just like right like yeah if you really like look at how those colors make you feel um and it's interesting because one of her children is always like he'll he'll come to my house and he's like on all the colors right like it, it makes him feel something different because their house is the opposite it has the the different calm colors and so pay attention to how you're decorating what you're wearing iris apple is like one of my life heroes here if you like it wear it like don't be afraid if it's a color that not everyone's wearing if it makes you iris happy, apple you looks like weird barbie barbie if you've seen barbie like she she comes up with all the colors she or like ugly Betty vibes. Like she just mixes everything she can into one thing, which is fabulous. But for people that don't know, look her up. Iris Atful. A-P-F-E-L, I think. Yeah. Yep. And Iris is very, like, she was very inspiring to me when she was, she's a New York socialite for those of you who don't know who she is. And she's worked her way into design. I think she just turned a hundred years old. Shout out to Iris. Um, but it's one of those like, if you like it, wear it. If you like it, design with it. If it makes you happy, don't care what other people say. Like, don't dress for somebody else. Don't style your house for somebody else. Do it for you. And I think that that's one of those that, especially with seasonal affect disorder, if you notice that you need a little bit more, like, if you're feeling sad, look around your house. Look around your closet. What colors are you wearing? Are you wearing a lot of grays? Are you wearing a lot of blacks? Are you wearing a lot of browns? Are you wearing a lot of white, light blues? Try to add something that like spices it up a little bit. Add more of those colors that tell your brain, I'm trying to be happy. And it it will help. It's that whole cognitive behavior. It's being intentional and bringing those other feelings out in your brain. Yeah, I don't think we realize how much we sort information around us and how much that influences what we feel. Like even um, along with colors, it's like clutter or garbage or when my home is organized and nice, I am a lot more calm. My ADHD is a lot better. Like everything about my functioning is a lot better when I'm not like last night, my house was a mess and then I ended up cleaning it. Right. Like it was just cluttered with some of baby stuff everywhere. And I just remember feeling overwhelmed and just like with life. And then after I cleaned it, I looked around and was like, Oh, life is a lot better. The weather didn't change. It was inside my house weather. So if you can think of it that way too, of like what your environment is, what's feeling you, making you feel constricted. Do you like that picture? Not like that picture. Is there something off? Is there something that you need to rearrange? Is there colors you can add? Whatever it is, your brain is constantly inputting information that you're not logically seeing. You're not consciously saying this is there. This is there. Your brain is always 
in that environment. So you're on autopilot and you have to be, again, intentional. You have to be aware. You have to consciously be like, what am I inputting in my system that I'm not realizing I'm inputting in my system? Yeah. And I think it just becomes so much like white noise to our brains mm-hmm. that we don't even realize what we're doing. So, but I notice with you, even your dressing, like Matt's in comments on this too. <laughs> like yeah, your dressing. <laughs> he doesn't hate your closet. He just would never wear your closet. But yeah. <laughs> but the more that it gets deeper into winter, the more colors you come out with. Like, like yeah. we'll drop off something, and I feel like the more like you'll have three tie-dye pieces on instead of one tie-dye piece on, and you'll have like it's just funny because so like subconsciously i've noticed as we go deeper yeah like i'll start out at the beginning of the winter like i'm gonna be so classy and i'm gonna wear like this cream sweater and these jeans and like a pair of brown boots and a gold chain right and then by february it's like (laughs) (laughs) and it's amazing every time Oh, but it is true. Like, it's like we Miss Frizzle. The other day. Yeah, I had these like awesome free people, bright orange platform boots. And I was like, so excited to wear those again this year. <laughs> like, I don't remember those. They're kind of like chunky, like monster boots. Oh, I will recognize them when I see them. Like, I've had it for years. But there's certain things that like at the beginning of the fall, winter, I'm like, mm, you know, I'm just going to try to keep it classy this year. And then by the end of it, she's right. It's total tie-dye orange monster boots uh, our nails get brighter Brittany and i like take oh. turns picking our nail colors and every single time it's like neons and matt's like she picked this time huh yeah she did yep. <laughs> um, this one is a nice beige because it was the beginning of the fall but they are starting to drive me crazy taylor manicures next week yes. um but already i was craving something a little more bold like and i think it's important to know like even though i'm not someone who's prone to depression you know, clinical depression. There are times where I obviously feel depressed. We talked about this last week. If you want to dive more into depression, check our last week's episode. Um, but I definitely have noticed that when I take the time to change my colors, to change up my space the best I can, it helps me with my depression type feelings that are happening from my stand. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's a normal seasonal shift we're all are going to experience. Everybody will have a form of this. It's more about some people just have it worse, you know? Yeah. Yep. Exercise will help as well. Movement of your body is always a good thing. Um, making sure I notice I get more like lethargic. So my diet gets worse in the winter, mm-hmm. making sure that you continue to maintain eating the minerals and vitamins and nutrients that you need will help a lot. Um, you can actually loved this fact. This is going to get nerdy for a second. Certain components in food will actually cure or help prevent depression. And by cure, I just mean like it, it helps your brain chemicals function. So not like cure necessarily, but like just perform better in your brain to prevent some of these things continuing to get worse. Or so, uh, you want omega fatty three acids. Those come from greens, like spinach, kale, all that stuff. Um, fish, like fatty, the salmon and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, nuts, all those things can help prevent and help continue to encourage your brain to work in a proper way. Yep. And you can take supplements, no shame in supplements. I give my kids omega-3 gummies every morning. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, just preferred to have both. 
Yep. Because mm-hmm. the, the minerals that are paired in the food naturally will help bring out those vitamins and minerals to perform better. So yes, take your supplements. I take my vitamin D every day. I take my other stuff every day. I also try and eat the food too. It, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I can't get my kid to eat spinach unless I sneak it in a smoothie. So. Oh yeah. No, your kid eats chicken fingers every day. So. No, we were making some progress. He did ask for curry last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. He does like yeah. Indian curry. <laughs> So this winter, we just really want you to go into it feeling empowered. Don't look at it as a time that is just dark and you're dreading it. Know that there are things that you can do to be intentional about this, to have a better winter. And you've got this. Yeah, honestly, winter and fall are my favorite seasons. I love them. Like, And I love outdoor stuff, so I love summer too. It is all about your approach. And it is all about how much you can prevent. And some of it, honestly, biologically, you're just more prone to it. If you already kind of have a proneness to depression and then you have, you know, like the, the weather change and stuff. Yeah. You are definitely more prone to have it bother you to have it that come out. That's reasonable, but you're going to have to, this is one from what I understand, research understands. This is one where if you implement things, you can really reduce the symptoms of. Yes. And we've seen it. We have seen it Mm -hmm. in our own lives, in our friends' Mm -hmm. lives, but you have to be consistent, which is not my greatest thing i mean taylor and i talked about that this week but just do it and i promise it will work this is one that i am consistent on i am pretty good about you just do it yeah you are really good at sad i am pretty good at that yeah yeah and like having that hygge lifestyle making sure we have a good feng shui in the house good energy in the house all of that Mm -hmm. so we like pretty things all right next week we're going to talk about social media and busting myths who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna call? I'm so excited for our later October episodes too. Oh yeah, those are gonna be good. Creepy. On that happy note, find us on social media through Honey Counseling, and you can listen to us on any platform where you get your podcasts. Bye. Week. Bye.